Hey everyone, here's another Patreon episode preview. In this one, we did an interview with Alex, a Tugsa strike leader, and they told us all about a lot of the things that happened during the strike, some things they learned, and other sorts of neat things. Here's a little clip from that right now. Uh, if you'd like the whole thing, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash workstoppage, and we're an entirely listener-supported show, so it means a lot to us if you do that. But anyway, here's the clip. I, that does, I think, carry us into the response from Temple, as you were you were talking about with that uh, <laughs> implied threat in their FAQ that they put out, which, yeah, the FAQ, it just all these remind me of the classic whenever somebody goes to organize and then their boss is like, oh, you should check out unionfacts.org. <laughs> it's this neutral third-party thing that's definitely not set up by some union-busting consultant somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so as you were discussing, like the response to your strike was severe <laughs> might, might be even an understatement like frankly because we, we you know we when we first heard about your strike and we, we were mentioning it on our regular weekly show with just our regular news roundup i was like i don't think i've ever seen a university attack their own students this harshly like the the taking away of the tuition reimbursement i don't think i've seen anyone do that other than temple uh and so can can you just tell us like the sum of of all of the you know attacks and threats and 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 just push i mean pushback seems too mild let's air the dirty laundry tell us what the fuck (laughs) they did (laughs) i i I mean i mean it it, we don't i don't think we have that kind of time um But, but yeah, the, I mean, the main thing, right. Um, I mean, so many of this, um, and what really motivated us to keep going was how unprecedented some of this was. Um, I mean, as the only graduate, um, union in the state of Pennsylvania, um, and Pennsylvania has a, the Pennsylvania, uh, labor relations board where like we, we have our own specific thing, um, so like we essentially knew that like if we fail and like allow them to like get away with any of this, it sets a precedent for like Pitt or whoever else is trying to make a union and like really stymie that process. But like, so what did they do? Well, you know, basically almost immediately they, you know, cut her, they cut pay, which they could legally do that. Sure. Um, they killed our tuition remission, which ah, they, they really, they really did this thing where they could have done it where fine for the rest of the semester, we will no longer be covering your tuition, but instead they, they did it for the whole semester. So they didn't even prorate it. Um, which is just a dumb move that looks like retaliation looks like, yeah. I mean, who knows? (laughs) Um, they, they then about, and they, so they did that stuff immediately. Um, they then about like, I want to say it was like five days into the strike without any kind of notice, just cut our healthcare. Um, this was not something they threatened to do in any kind of public way, but it was something we as organizers like knew they could do and were preparing for them to do it. We're not familiar with this happening in any other graduate strike. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, it was one of those things where, again, it happened without notice. So we had members like texting their strike captains like, hey, I'm in the line trying to get my medication and I can't get it. Oh, so like wow. it was it was a real scramble to just make sure that people get transferred over to their COBRA coverage in the meantime. Um, 
because again, it was just without notice. So like, you know, it's evil enough to be like, no more healthcare for you, but it's even eviler to just, you know, drop it on anyone without like, you know, this kind of prior warning because people like needed their medication. Um, I mean, eventually um, the Cobra kind of ran out and we as a union had to cover through our strike fund, the healthcare costs of maintaining healthcare for the people with the most acute need. Um, because I mean, we did, we did last about like a month. So like we were, we were pushing our numbers, but um, eventually they, eventually they did even before the strike settled back down on that one and started reinstituting healthcare coverage. Mm. And that's for a variety of reasons, probably particularly though, because we ended up going to Harrisburg and like dogging them out to every representative and Senator who was going to be in the budget hearing, like that they were going to go to this week, um, you know, to do that, you know, annual, like, please give us more money. Um, so yeah, so we think some phone calls from them got them to sort it out, but I mean, yeah, that was probably one of the grossest things they did. Um, besides that, what else did they do? Uh, there was, of course, a handful of time instances where, like, you know, department chairs or, like, faculty, maybe not, maybe, like, I'll give them benefit of not knowing better, like, basically discouraged people from joining the strike, right? And, like, mm. you know, trying to convince them that, like, they shouldn't do that. Uh, there was a couple instances where security wouldn't let us into buildings with our strike gear on, um, claiming that, you know, at some point we, quote, unquote, intimidated some scabs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know if you've ever met grad students, but you're <laughs> often some of the mo least intimidating people out there. In fact, during the strike, um, a lower admin was overheard at a bar calling us a bunch of, do quote, doughy white kids. Um, <laughs> so, like, even in their own admission, we're not that scary, but, you know. <laughs> It, we were like fine so like anytime we like had to go into buildings we always sent like the smallest women that we had in the picket line like the least intimidating members just to you know make them feel better um <laughs> but i mean in terms of like police and security response it was actually okay because you know they have their own personal beefs with the administration to the oh. point where clearly security like every day we would see them either like jamming along with our picket songs or like mouthing our chants with us so it was, <laughs> it was just very funny to watch that's wild and, it, and it's funny though because i that's another thing i feel like almost every single probably every like grad strike we've covered at some point there's some sort of an allegation i remember specifically this happening at columbia about the scat the no the the strikers are just being violent and they are intimidating people. Like I remember there was one day the Columbia workers are like, we're gonna shut down campus. So nobody mm. go to class. That's gonna be how we escalate the strike. And immediately there's all these they are intimidating people from going <laughs> to class. And I'm like, I can watch the videos of the strike line on Twitter. Yeah. I don't I know who would be intimidated by a bunch of folks being like, hey, come hang out with us. Like, uh, the university is being bad. Like it's, 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 it's like one of the lead, as you said, it's like, that it's not the sort of thing that is going to stop somebody who's determined to cross the picket line Yeah, that they absolutely have to do it. It's not some sort of violent intimidation to be like, Hey, don't do that. Well, and the wildest thing too, and of course, maybe this, the whole call for intimidation was their justification for this, but yeah. any of the classes they scabbed, mine for instance, um, were moved asynchronous and online, even for oh. faculty at Temple who were taking our classes, who were obviously there that day, 
they were just doing it online. So it's not like we had a physical location to go harass them most of the time. That's that makes it even more ridiculous because like you know I I understand that you know some people don't like to be called scabs because they're uh they don't like to be told the truth. But you know the fact that they're not even there to hear those things like wow absolutely ridiculous yeah these these union organizers left a very hostile away message on msn messenger this week (laughs) (laughs) it's um there once was a union maid she never was afraid of goons and ginks and company thinks and the deputy sheriffs who made the raid she went to the union hall when a meeting it was called and when the legion boys come around she always stood her ground oh you can't scare me i'm sticking to the union i'm sticking to the union i'm sticking to the union oh you can't scare me i'm sticking to the union i'm sticking to the union This union maid was wise to the tricks of company spies. She couldn't be fooled by a company stool. She'd always organize the guys. She'd always get her way when she struck for better pay. She'd show her car to the National Guard, and this is what she'd say. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. You gals who want to be free, just take a tip from me. Get you a man who's a union man and join the ladies' auxiliary. Married life ain't hard when you got a union card. A union man has a happy life when he's got a union wife. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die.